Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I am welcoming Katie Argyle, an artist and spokesperson with the Hill Potters Guild located here in Richmond Hill. Welcome, Katie. Thanks, Marge. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Katie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the art you create? I know it's not just pottery, so please so tell us what you do, what you create. Well, I'm a potter, a painter, and a printmaker. Um, I enjoy working in um, different mediums. So what my favorite thing to do is to take some kind of idea and move it through the different mediums. So it forces me to adapt it to my materials and to work differently, which is fascinating to me because I like material. And um, often my work is inspired by words. So uh, that's kind of unusual, I find. I almost always put text in my stuff. Um, often it comes out funny, whether I want it to or not, it'll come mm -hmm. out funny. And um, uh, it's just, um, it's a little bit um, unusual, although not that unusual. I like it. So mm -hmm. as my mother said, <laughs> she told me that I would um, always be happy because I'm always happy with what I make, which is kind of true. Even when I'm not happy, I'm still happy with it. Okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I've, I do admire your work. I've seen many pieces and I will make sure there's some examples of it in the podcast notes because I'm sure you've tweaked people's interests. What is this happy <laughs> art that you create? <laughs> Katie, I've read a bit of your bio. You have uh, a lot of formal training as an artist, correct? Uh, I I do. I have a, a diploma from the um, Ottawa School of Art. So mm -hmm. um, I um, focused on printmaking there. That's where I first started pottery. I hadn't done pottery before. Um, but up until then, I was um, pretty much self-trained. Started in 1991 working with Friendly Plastic which was a modeling material. Um, I'm just about to finish the last bit of friendly plastic that I have. I may be the only person on earth that has friendly plastic anymore because it went out of production. Hmm. But that's how I started. Many of my um, images and um, sources kind of that I use for design come out of the work that I first started in 1991. And I started as a vendor in the um, Byward Market in Ottawa mm. and uh, have been in farmers markets and involved in them my whole life. It's just been the last few years where I haven't been at farmers markets regularly and actually I'm getting ready for the Uxbridge Farmers Market Christmas sale coming up uh, this month. I'll be at the Uxbridge Market. So I like to support uh, growers, local producers, um, very much interested in local artists and uh, supporting them in any way that I can because it's not easy and not everybody cares and not everybody wants to do this. So I think that if you're called to be an artist, it's a special thing and it should be supported. 
Okay, very nice, Katie. Katie, we're we're talking about the Burr House because mm-hmm. the, the lot is happening there, and that's where yep. you uh, have the opportunity to do to create pottery. But the Burr House is a space you share with the spinners and weavers. They're upstairs, and you are in the basement. Uh, yep. Can you describe the space that you have? Oh, uh, we have a fantastic little space down there. I say little because it kind of is little. Um, we have um, everything that you need to make pottery from the beginning to the end. Um, as uh, members, we have some special privileges, which uh, many guilds or studios don't have. Um, first of all, we've got um, the potter's wheel, which everyone is familiar with. We have six wheels. So in the scheme of things, that's not really small, but it's kind of small. But six means a class of six people. So that's a, a good amount of people and not too crowded, not too much for a teacher to deal with. We've got um, a hand building table, which is a big wooden surface uh, for people who build by hand, uh, which is me mostly. I don't throw on the wheel or I throw badly on the wheel, (laughs) but um, I build by hand. So that's people making uh, sculptural work, um, altering their pots. Perhaps they've thrown them on the wheel and then they kind of take them apart, put them back together in a different form. Um, people uh, decorating their surfaces um, in different ways, um, lots of kind of hand building stuff. And then we also have a table that's used for glaze work. So that's a stainless steel table. So that needs to be cleaned so that glaze materials that we use can be cleaned off of it. Um, we've got all the ingredients to make glazes. So we make our glazes from scratch and we follow glaze recipes. It's kind of like making a cake. And uh, we have the recipes, we weigh them out and um, create our glazes. Uh, We've got two kilns, full-size kilns for us to fire our work in. We have a kiln room where we leave our pieces to be fired. And um, we've got a clay cage where we've got all of our clay for members and a little library that we use. So, um, and also um, damp cover to keep things uh, moist um, as they're in progress because clay and making things with clay is all about timing. So you have to keep your piece workable sometimes and you need a space that's got more humidity. So um, it's it's great. As members, uh, we are responsible for keeping the space clean. We're responsible for making the glazes. We're responsible for firing. So everyone is involved. And I sort of think of it as a teaching guild because the members with more experience are paired up with a newer member or someone with less experience and we teach each other so that they can move on and they can become mentors to people as well I it's just um it can feel like a lot because <laughs> being being in a guild you have responsibility but the benefits are worth it uh, and I can't believe that we have this kind of space when when I moved from Ottawa in 2010 the Hill Potter's Guild saved me emotionally because I'd left all my artist friends, had nowhere to work, and there's no studio space here. Mm -hmm. In Ottawa, there were lots of opportunities to work. I had nothing, moved into a small apartment, and those people at the Guild um, really helped me. So um, I I feel a big debt to them. Okay, very good. No, amazing what happens there. Yeah. You also have something outside. I've seen it there. I've heard about it. Can you tell me like this outside pottery that's created outside? 
Oh yes, so we have, um, that's right, we have two specialty kilns. Uh, one is working, but uh, one is uh, hopefully will be fixed soon. Uh, we built them ourselves as a guild. So we have a Raku firing guild, firing guild, firing kiln. And um, that's for Raku pottery. So that's a different um, way of making pottery. Um, you basically make your pot in the guild and then uh, you bisque fire it, which is the first firing. You bring it, you put some glazes on it, Raku glazes, and then you put them in the Raku kiln, which is fired, uh, fired by propane. And so the piece goes in there and then you remove it with big metal tongs. You remove it when it's super hot and you put it into a prepared pit that may have sawdust in it or a newspaper. And then it sets it all on fire. And then you, you close the lid or you put the thing on it just to get rid of the um, oxygen. And it's during that phase that the color is created on a pot, unlike electric firing where everything is done within the kiln. Hmm. So you never know it's uh, unexpected uh, what you're going to get. You just have no idea. Hmm. The other kiln that we have is a soda kiln and um, we need to rebuild that. So we have the possibility of soda firing, which is another different type of firing done at a much higher temperature. And um, when that kiln gets going, you insert packets of salt and that flows around the kiln and ends up landing on your pot. So again, it gives you a different kind of uh, surface, different kind of color. Um, I'm hoping that we can get that going because the colors you can get are very vibrant. So, and I like that kind of thing, but mm. So far, but so far it needs more work. Okay. <laughs> but that's Whoa. the kind of thing that the guild can do. Yeah. Very and very interesting. So yeah. Um are there certain skills or abilities you need to be able to do this pottery? Um, do you need a lot of strength or dexterity? I, I think you've tweaked people's interest in it. And you know, is it for everyone? You need patience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you either, um, although you can develop patience mm -hmm. <laughs> in this kind of work, it, um, clay, clay is a slow process, uh, shouldn't be rushed. The clay will fight back uh, if mm. you try to push it too fast. Um, it has to dry slowly. Um, as for strength, uh, some people say that working on the wheel will surprise them because it looks like it's easy, but your body is, it has to be in a certain position. And there is some strength involved to do that. Of course, lifting a 25 pound bag of clay will give you strength. You know, mm -hmm. there's lots of uh, <laughs> older potters in great shape. Okay. <laughs> just, bringing, just bringing your ceramics to a show in a box. <laughs> will <help> okay. <laughs> so pottery is a good way to stay active. Okay. It, it is. <laughs> so are there opportunities for people to learn, to get involved, to try it out? We, we don't have many drop-in, well, especially with the way COVID was, but yes. even before that, we didn't do too much um, kind of drop-in casual things, but we do have classes regularly, and uh, we have throwing classes, and um, there's a hand-building class, um, which I'll be teaching starting in January, mm. um, and then there's usually two throwing classes um, per season, so we have a, a fall, a winter, and a spring um, sessions, 10 weeks, three hours each. Um, but the classes are small, again, because the space is small. I believe the maximum um, number of people in a class is six, which is really great because you really get to learn. Yeah. 
Very, yeah. very good. Okay. Well, I, I'm hoping there's a few people who listen to this and this is this podcast. And I got to try this out. So thanks. <laughs> well, the, uh, what, I can, what I can really suggest is sometimes there's like long waiting lists for a class. And um, if you're interested to just mail in and say, I'm interested in taking a class, because if you're not on that, if you don't say that you're interested, then we won't get back to you when a space opens up. Okay. So it's better just to be on the list. You can always say no if it's yeah. not a good time. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, that's uh, yeah. It's amazing what's happening in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's now talk about this upcoming show and sale, November eighteenth to twentieth at the Burr House. So um, yeah, how many years has it been running? Well, I was just <laughs> I was just on the phone with the member trying to get the history of the Guild Street because they're being. Um, it's long. So mm. the so the first sale that um, Hill Potters was um, part of York Potters Guild. That's how it originally started. And so that was in um, the first sale was in 1975 in the mm. Upper Canada Mall. Oh. And at that time, um, and there have always been from the very beginning, two sales a year, one in the spring, one in the fall. So then the next um, next change happened in, let's see, in uh, 1978, the um, York Potters Guild split. It split into the Pine Tree Potters of Aurora and Hill Potters Guild in Richmond Hill. So um, in 1978, we had our first sale in Burr House. And then in 1980, uh, well, in 1978, um, Hill Potters received the Guildhall building. It was brought to the site. And so Hill Potters Guild, the Weavers and Spinners, and the um, Richmond Hill Historical Society all worked on refurbishing that building with a Winterio grant. So they finished it. So when it was finished in 1980, then the Hill Potters had their first sales in there. And since I think it's the last couple of years, since maybe right before COVID started, we moved our sale out of Guildhall and are back in Burr House now. And that's where we will be. The Spinners and Weavers Guild, we used to use their space upstairs and we can't use that anymore. They, they've expanded as well. They're very active and they can't give up that space for us, which is what they used to do, which is fine. So, and we don't want to use our guild space either for the same reason that everyone is active and it's not accessible at all to go down those stairs so we're just adapting now to being in the burr house so that's where we'll be i find the burr house a very nice space there so it's there on carvel and carvel is the street where's carvel it's between rutherford and 16th and it's right there on between bathurst and young so it's quite accessible A lot yep, of people said to me, oh, that's where the police car stops for the, the radar check. <laughs> yes, and a lot of people say, "That's the, oh, that's the little building, the little yellow building. I go by it all the time. It's like, yes. well, come in. <laughs> come in. You've got a good park. There is plenty of parking behind there. So yeah, there's please some come parking in. Uh, yeah, I, I'm fortunate I can walk over. So I usually oh, walk over. Problem is if I buy a big piece uh, <laughs> because it's uh, I have to lug it back home. But I... I treat myself once a year to to one piece of pottery it's just uh oh, that's a, i have that's so, a great restraint marge <laughs> one piece <laughs> one piece so what sort of pieces can you tell people what 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 can they expect to see well um 
as a plotter, I think of plots as functional and non-functional. So that's like a kind of a really big way to, to separate, sort of. Um, functional wear would be things, uh, you know, like for tableware. So mugs, plates, bowls, casseroles, um, baking dishes, all kinds of things like that. Coasters, you know, small things, little, little tiny bowls. And uh, um, cups, all that kind of stuff. Even spoons. spoons. I've been working on a spork, though I won't have it at the sale. But <laughs> I've wanted to make a spork. But anyway, whatever um, catches someone's fancy. And there are some people that love to make that kind of work. That's their favorite thing to do. Um, you, there's also vases. Um, lots of, um, there's actually more and more sculptural things happening at the guild. Mm -hmm. So um, I make sort of sculptural sculptural heads portraits sort of not really portraits um lots of um there's some wall work wall pieces um there's um ornamental stuff like for gardens like uh, we have one member she makes a lot of big animals they're, they're always great um there's a whole range of stuff there can be piggy banks and salt pigs <laughs> you'll find those butter dishes maybe I hesitate to say butter dishes because everybody wants a butter dish these days. <laughs> and I don't know how many will be in the sale. <laughs> but uh, there's that. Um, there are also using the different firing methods, the Raku firing method, um, also barrel firing, which I didn't mention, which is um, the oldest way of firing, really. It's like when people took clay and they dug a pit and then they put some wood in it and they lit it up and they put their pots in it and then um, covered it with earth again and so that would cook the pot so that was the very first way potters mm -hmm. made pots well we still also mm -hmm. do that but in a barrel so that gives you a beautiful beautiful organic looking surface we have several potters working um, in that method as well barrel firing um, gee there's so much um, I have heard from people who come to the sale that compared to other pottery cells that they visited that we have a good really good variety of work and um a high quality which i also um i also um put that to having a juror all of our sales are jury mm -hmm. we have a juror come and she looks at our work and she pulls out the things that are not up to snuff and then she gives us feedback as well about uh, what we could improve on or where we might, might go in the future. Um, our prices are are really reasonable. Uh, I have many friends that say they could go way up, but you know, it's um it's for us the sale is about reaching out to the community. It's about giving our members a chance to interact with the community and to show our work and to kind of have a goal to reach for. It's not it's not and has never specifically been about making money. Hmm. It's really about getting together, showing the work, promoting the guild, promoting us as part of the community, inviting the community in. Of course, the, um, the money that's made the, um, a piece of pottery, if I sell something, I receive 75% of that sale price, 25 goes to the guild. The money that goes to the guild goes to support the guild, to pay our rent, to buy our supplies, um, to supply our teachers with what they need. Um, we're not for profit. <laughs> so, and everything, everything is needed. Everything is needed. And um, we've done okay through the COVID. 
And um, we used to have the Burr House as a tea room and as a selling space, and we no longer have that either. Mm-hmm. So, but it, but we're doing okay. We're, we're, doing, we're okay. doing good. I am very glad to hear that. Yes, during COVID, I bought things online and went over and was very happy with what I had. So, but I'm really looking forward to going over and interacting uh, with with you guys. How many how many people potters? Like how many different exhibitors will there be? Uh, we have 21 in the sale this year. So we have a membership of about 32, 32, okay. 33. So it, the guild is not that big, but so we have 21 members participating and um, we'll have their work um, set up. Each of each potter will have like their own sort of display, which will be new this year. And uh, it'll be throughout the, throughout the Burr House and in the center room will have um, like um, mixed member displays. So I'm not sure what that's gonna look like. Um, I'm one of the people that sets up the displays. So you never know what you're going to do until you actually see the pots that come in. So yeah, definitely. it's like kind, of, kind of exciting and kind of harrowing. <laughs> okay, so well, I'm looking forward to it again. It's the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, November 18th, 19th and 20th. So yep. lots of opportunity, but if that weekend you can't do it, you're gonna have to wait till the spring. So well, yep. yeah, please try to uh, try to come over to see you guys. So that the would be spring, good. The spring sale is uh, May 26, 27, 28. Okay. And at the spring sale, um, we also have uh, some work that's for outdoors. So we have a, an additional tent set up outside. And um, last year we had potter demonstrations outside where we brought the wheel outside. So it's kind of a bigger event. You just sort of hope that the weather is okay. It's good. Good. Yeah. So, but, but you do it anyway. But this is a good time to start your holiday shopping. So I, uh, that I will be doing as well. So uh, thank, this has been really interesting hearing about uh, all the things that are happening. I hope they've tweaked people's interest for coming over to see you. Uh, I'm going to end this podcast with this the guest question that I'm asking everyone. But uh, can you name one thing you really like about the community? I like all the people who are so helpful they're really helpful and um everybody's trying to do their best i find so um i really like that the other thing um richmond hill has all these parkettes which are fascinating to me so my intention is to one day paint every parkett (laughs) oh i'm looking forward to seeing that yes (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So those are the two things that the people in the parkettes. People in the parkettes. That sounds good. Okay. Um, So I will put information in the podcast notes about uh, you, your Instagram for you can see what you actually create and Mm -hmm. about this upcoming sale and the Burr House generally, if people are interested in maybe trying pottery. So again, uh, thank you so much, Katie, for taking the time to do this podcast. I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.